Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of If These Hills Could Talk. I'm your old buddy, Tennessee Brando. It's good to be with you again. Uh, before we get rolling with this week's topic, I just wanted to remind everybody that the best way to uh, find me on the internet and find out what kind of content I'm putting out into the world, I know most of you discovered me on TikTok, so if you will go to my TikTok bio and click on the link tree, from there you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, you can find my merch store as well as my Patreon. Uh, and for those of you who have not subscribed to my Patreon, I simply have one tier these days. Uh, some people do three tiers. Uh, I just decided to make it simple and make it a $5 tier. And at that $5 tier, what you get is uh, pretty much uh, unreleased content that I don't put out anywhere else on social media. Uh, you'll get bonus uh, content from this podcast. Uh, also, uh, unreleased songs that I've recorded or songs that I'm writing or just stories I want to tell. I try to keep the content on there exclusive to uh, Patreon. And the reason that I chose to just have a $5 tier is because, you know, a lot of times, a lot of people, uh, especially like musicians I've noticed, they will do things like, okay, at a $5 tier, you get this. Then the $10 tier, you get something extra. And the $20 tier, you get even something more extra. Um, for what I do, you know, I don't feel right to have someone paying me 20 bucks a month and I might possibly put out an album next year, and so they'll be the first to get it. You know what I'm saying? I just felt like, hey, you know, I'm not going to make people sit around and wait for things that might happen and pay more for something that might happen. When you can just come here and all under one banner, under one roof, you can, for five bucks, you can get content that you can't get anywhere else. Uh, I want to thank everyone who has become a patron. Uh, you'll never know just how far that five bucks goes to help me out in doing what I do. And uh, if you've not... Uh, joined up i encourage you to check it out and uh see if see if it's for you i understand also uh the way that times are so tight these days is another reason why i just simply didn't feel right asking people for 20 bucks um you know five bucks if you like what i do uh you can see uh unreleased content that i don't share anywhere else uh but yeah if you want to find me on social media the, the easiest way to do it is to go to tiktok the bio hit the link tree and you can find me on all uh forms of social media uh, now just rolling right on into the topic this week, um, I had a commenter on TikTok, uh, say that they hated when I called, uh, MAGA or Donald Trump, they hated when I referred to it as a gimmick. Now they didn't go on to explain to me why they said that, but I kind of took it to mean that, um, they felt like I was giving them a pass or they felt like that I was saying that they're not really this way. They're just acting. Uh, I want to go ahead and make one thing clear. I, I, that is not what I meant when I called MAGA and Trumpism, Colt 45, whatever we're, we're going to call it today. Uh, when I call that a gimmick, I'm in no way giving them a pass. I'm in no way saying they're acting. I'm in no way saying that they're any less evil. What I'm saying is they found a way to package and sell their hatred. They found a way to package and sell their division. Uh, and I really have strongly felt for years that Donald Trump borrowed from the pro wrestling world. He borrowed from the old school pro wrestling villain. Um, you know, back in the nineties, uh, the most popular wrestler was Stone Cold Steve Austin and Stone Cold Steve Austin did not play by the rules at all. Um, he, uh, he cussed, he used profanity, he flipped people off. Uh, he broke every rule in the book. Um, and he beat up his boss. You know, that was the storyline was him against Vince McMahon. And he was constantly beating up the boss in any other era prior to this. 
uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin would have been a heel. He would have been hated for what he was doing. But society reached a point where they just really loved to see uh, somebody just beat the tar out of someone who didn't really deserve it, you know? Or, um, and I'm not saying Vince McMahon didn't deserve it, but I'm just saying, you know, that he if he gave the Stone Cold Stunner to the referee or to the announcer, for whatever reason, people cheered. And he could insult whatever town he was in, he could insult whatever person he was standing in front of, and the people cheered for it. And I just always felt like that Donald Trump was able to tap into that gimmick uh, and ride that wave. Uh, but it doesn't mean that he's any less evil. As a matter of fact, it's kind of more so evil that they would use such a gimmick to win people over. But um, as we see uh, these other MAGA politicians like Marjorie Taylor Greene and people like that um, coming uh, higher in the ranks and becoming more influential within MAGA, um, I've noticed that their gimmick is to continuously keep the hate and keep stirring that hate, keep stirring that pot. Um, you know, they, they don't offer any new ideas. They don't offer any solutions. They simply come at us with more of the Democrats are the, uh, the evil corporate elitist. Uh, we are, you know, big brother, we're watching you. And when they paint that narrative that we are the evil ones out to get them and we have stole elections from them, then they never have to create anything else. Donald Trump does not have to ever uh, come up with a plan to create jobs. He never has to come up with a plan to help with education or the environment. Uh, he never has to come up with a plan uh, to even reduce inflation. Uh, all he has to do is continue to spew the fact that the election was stole uh, by the elite and uh, he can stay right there and have people cheer for him every step of the way uh, because people loves to have an us versus them mentality. Now, as you sit back and watch the likes of Marjorie Taylor Greene, every time someone like her or Lauren Boebert opens their mouth, they one-up themselves. They say something even more over the top and even more insulting than they said before. And the reason that I call this a gimmick and I call it a brand is because they figured out that that type of rhetoric sells and the only way that you can continue to sell it is to outdo yourself. And I'm going to go back to the pro wrestling world to give you uh, a, the point I'm trying to make here. <clears throat> back in the 1950s, uh, you had guys like Luthez, um, who was a you know a great mat wrestler, guys like Bruno San Martino. And those guys could go out in front of an audience and wrestle for a solid hour, and they could take a guy down on the mat and hold him in a headlock for 10 minutes. And, and the people sat there and intently watched it. Um, later on, uh, when other wrestlers began coming forward, people like Gorgeous George and, uh, Nature Boy, the original Nature Boy, Buddy Rogers, uh, guys like that were flamboyant and over the top and they were rude and they were insulting and they would reach into their tights and pull out a pair of brass knucks. Well, okay. If you, if you pull out, reach into your tights and pull out a pair of brass knucks and knock a guy over the head with it, well, you can do that for a while, but then you need to pull out a steel chair when the ref ain't looking. Yeah, or, or then you need to get their head hung up in the ropes and choke them out. You have to keep raising the bar. You keep coming on up in time, and you make it up to the 80s and to the 90s, and suddenly they're climbing 16-foot ladders and jumping off them. Well, I remember, actually, I remember they started off with a 10-foot ladder. It was 10-foot. That, that, was, that was the ladder match, 10-foot ladder. Then it went to a 12-foot ladder. Then a 14, 16, then a 20-foot ladder. Because... If you're going to keep entertaining that crowd, you have to keep raising that bar. Pretty soon, you had a guy like Mick Foley, who I love and adore, but Mick Foley, um, when he came off the top of the hill in the cell, 
with the Undertaker when Undertaker tossed him off of that through a table. Well, how could Mick Foley then go out there the next night and hold a guy in a headlock for 10 minutes? It wasn't going to impress anybody because they're expecting him to deliver another, you know, big hell in the cell moment. It's the same principle with politics. Um, there's no way that the likes of Donald Trump, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Carrie Lake, all these over-the-top MAGA Republicans, there's no way they can go back to being a voice of reason now. There's no way they can sit down and try to, uh, you know, have a reasonable conversation now. There's no way they can sit down and reach over and reach across the aisle and shake our hand because they have absolutely raised the bar every time they stepped into the political ring. It's the same thing. So, you know, I don't think we will ever see a time where Marjorie Taylor Greene tries to have a healthy debate with anyone because her audience has bought in to the product she's selling, which is pure hatred, pure division, uh, pure us against them kind of mentality. And that's what they're going to continue to push and they're going to continue to raise the bar. So if you've ever caught yourself saying, man, you know, I can't believe just when I thought they couldn't go no lower, just when I thought they could get more outrageous, they did it. Well, they did it because that's how they keep their audience coming back. And here's the kicker. As long as they keep the audience coming back to that type of rhetoric, they never have to do anything productive because they can just keep it right there and keep everyone entertained. People struggling through this world trying to make a dollar, uh, working their asses off, and anytime they complain about anything that's going on in their life, the MAGA Republicans can easily just say, well, that's the Democrats. I hear more people on a daily basis um, that I'm surrounded by um, someone will say, Hey, did you hear about that? Did you hear how messed up that is? And somebody will go, yeah, Biden, Biden done that. It's him Democrats. That's what our problem is. Uh, meanwhile, and I'm not saying the democratic party is the perfect party or that they're not without any flaws, but, uh, meanwhile, the democratic party is talking about jobs. They're talking about inflation. They're talking about education. They're talking about science. They're talking about women's rights and, and people of color and, and the LGBT community. They're talking about everyone's rights and, and, and equality, and they're talking about injustice. They're the ones that's actually having the conversation. Again, I'm not saying they're the perfect party, but they're having the conversation about the very issues at hand that everyone is, seems to be so upset about, but people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and these MAGA Republicans have them right by the balls. They have them right where they want them, and they can manipulate them any way they want to without coming up with any new ideas and solutions. It's the ultimate gimmick. And that's why I call it a gimmick. I'm not calling it a gimmick because I'm trying to give them a free pass. That's not what I'm doing. I'm calling it that because they have learned how to manipulate their audience. When you come up with a gimmick, uh, you find an audience that likes that gimmick, and then you exploit that gimmick to that audience uh, and feed them more of it, you know. Uh, that's why so many you know bands get caught up in one particular sound and can't get out of it. How many bands do you know that you know when they their their very first album was great because it had that raw edge? They had been they had spent maybe ten years playing in the clubs, and they recorded a real good gritty album. But then the record company said, "Hey, we gotta we gotta maintain that sound. We gotta keep that sound right there." Well, they start trying to recreate that magic. And that's the problem. It was magic. They start trying to recreate that. Next thing you know, they have a bunch of stale sounding records uh, because they're just simply trying to recreate the same thing over and over. They're they're trying, but that's because the record company is trying to turn around and sell the same thing over and over. That's what my Republicans are doing. 
they're trying, they're saying, Hey, look, don't move out of the box. Let's not make a new album. You know, let's not, let's not experiment with different sounds. This is working. This is selling. People are buying into this. And as long as they continue to push that narrative, they'll always have an audience. And as long as people continue to struggle in America, uh, they will, of, of course, they'll always have that audience because once people, uh, are over a barrel, once people are down on their luck, it's easy to point the finger and blame everyone else for your problems under the sun. And um, that's that's why that's more and more working people are just becoming you know disillusioned with the whole system because they feel like the system's out to get them. And they feel that way because these politicians have pumped that into their head that everything that they can't accomplish must be somebody else's fault. And it's actually, you know, it's, it's, it's smart politics on their part. And again, when I say something like, you know, I've said before that Dick Cheney was a genius and I've had people go, oh, I can't believe you called him a genius. Well, no, he was. The, the man was exceptionally smart. He was evil, but he was smart. You know, uh, just because I use words like gimmick or genius, uh, you can be an evil genius or you can have a really bad, hateful gimmick. Doesn't mean I'm giving people a pass for saying that. But that got on my mind when I saw that comment um, because I, I felt like the commenter didn't fully understand where I was going with it. And on TikTok, I've got three minutes to make a video and I may just make a, you know, a comment as I'm talking that sometimes some people may scratch their heads and look at me sideways. And, you know, I'll be honest with you guys. I, I take for granted that everybody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> so when I make certain references to certain things, I just automatically, I'm like, later on, I'll go, well, they didn't know what I meant. When I referred to that person or that place or that thing, they didn't know what I was talking about. Um, <clears throat> I have to admit that uh, sometimes I am guilty of just being, um, uh, you know, I just take for granted that everyone thinks and knows exactly what it is I'm referring to. Uh, because I sit and think so much about this stuff and I, and I watch it unfold and I watch how people react to it. That's the main thing. I watch how people buys into it and I listen to the type of person that they are. I catch myself really studying people and the way they go about life. You know, when I'm at work, uh, I'm overhearing conversations around me all day long. And uh, rather than argue or uh, try to pick a fight with any of those conversations, I try to break down what I'm hearing. And I try to, to hear, the, hear it out so I can have a better understanding of it. And the mentality that I hear more and more is... People feels like they don't have a shot in this world. People feels like that no matter how hard they work, it's never going to be appreciated. And the MAGA Republicans have figured out the perfect way to make that the evil Democrats' fault. You know, I've seen so many um, things happen and heard so many people um, talking about things. And it's so funny to me. Uh, I overheard a guy one day talking about, you know, how that we were busting our ass, working hard. And he was talking about, you know, the owner of our company. And he said, oh, man, that guy's, you know, that guy's got billions of dollars. He could, he could help us. He could pay us more. And I thought, really? You, you think he could pay us more? But yet you love to use words like socialism. You love, to, I mean, I had a guy the other day call me a Marxist, you know. They love to throw out these words that they hear these talking heads say, but they don't fully understand what the meaning of those words are. They don't really understand that, hey, you're... You know, you're biting the hand that's attempting to feed you. You're biting the hand of the person that's attempting to pull you out of the fire. Um, you know, and that's where the Democrats dropped the ball years ago. I really feel that Democrats dropped the ball. They once were the party of the working poor. Somewhere along the line, the Republicans got a hold of that ball. 
And then they realized how to play into people's fears. You know, here where I'm from, in, in, in the, you know, the, I'm right on the border of uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Virginia. I grew up in southeast Kentucky, and I live in east Tennessee now. But, I mean, I'm, I'm literally five minutes from Virginia and ten minutes from Kentucky where I'm sitting. And, um, you know, in this part of the world, uh, people struggle every day to make ends meet. They struggle to make a living. And then you have politicians come to this part of the world and they'll say, well, the reason that you're having trouble feeding your family is because of them Democrats. And it's all these illegals coming across the border stealing your jobs. They don't tell you that they're the one that sold the jobs right out from under you and then stuck their offices in offshore accounts so they wouldn't have to pay taxes. They don't tell you that part. They just point to people that don't look like you and blame it on them and tell you that the people coming across the border is the problem. And when they say things like, you know, um, when they stand up and say, hey, black people has the NAACP, you know, they and, and gay people have groups to help them and Latinos have groups to help them and you ain't got nobody to help you. Well, that's exactly how that the KKK and all these hate groups recruits people is because they use that kind of rhetoric to win them over. And when people are living uh, hand to mouth in a part of the world and they can't get ahead, uh, you know, Republicans prey upon that and they prey upon it so hard that people starts to lose any empathy because every time, um, you know, you hear about a situation, you hear of something happening, um, you know, like, like take again, here we are with Tyree Nichols, you know, um, you, you throw that story out there to some hillbilly back in a holler. And the first thing he's going to say is, yeah, well, what about my buddy that got killed? Or what about my buddy that this happened to that nobody talked about? Because that's the type of rhetoric that has been shoved in their face so much that they, they they begin to lose complete empathy for anyone else, and especially for people who look different or think different than they do. And that's that's what the, the MAGA crowd has cashed in on. You know, uh, I don't want to live in America that everybody looks and sounds and talks the same. You know, I, I, I want to live in a melting pot. I want to live in a diverse culture. I want to live in a place where everybody can live peacefully and happily alongside each other. Uh, and I get called a socialist, a communist, a Marxist, and every other ist in the world because I have those viewpoints. Um, but, you know, I, I, I've said before, I said it in a recent TikTok video, I don't understand uh, everything that the black community goes through. Uh, I, hear, I, hear the, I hear them, though. I'm listening. I'm trying to form an understanding of what it is they're saying. But I can't say I relate to a lot of things they talk about because I've never dealt with it. I've never been through it. However... I want to listen to it and have an understanding of it. I want to I want to understand what it is they go through. And I don't understand every single thing um, that I hear coming from the uh, gay and transgender gender community, but I'm listening. I want to hear them out. You know, um, I have a friend who uh, I, I've been talking to for a while. We, we've never been able to manage to get in the same spot. But I said to them, I said, I want you to explain the the whole pronouns thing to me because I still don't really understand it. Could you explain that? And they were like, yeah, I'd be glad to. And I'm going to sit and listen rather than just put my guard up and automatically go into defense mode and try to beat them down. You know, uh, I don't want to live in a world where everybody talks and walks and looks the same. I want people who have different beliefs and different opinions and, and different lifestyles to be able to live in peace and harmony right along beside them. I mean, that's what I thought America was. Um, and somewhere along the line, these MAGA Republicans have steered that ship over into these waters that I want no part of. And I've said so many times that, you know, the Republican Party changed the narrative. 
Um, I don't feel like this is our granddaddy's Republicans. Hell, I don't even feel like it's Ronald Reagan's Republicans anymore. You know, I feel like that we've reached a, just a level of insanity with them that we can't come back from. And another thing, I, I don't necessarily, you know, I, I use words like liberal and progressive because those are ideas. Uh, I don't use the word Democrat Party very much because, you know, I don't think the Democrat Party is perfect at all. Um, but I think they're the only option we have these days because the other side has went so far to the right. I mean, I, I don't know, like if this was the 1950s, I might be voting for Dwight Eisenhower. You know, I I, I don't know where I would fall, um, you know, in the political spectrum if we went back 50 years. Um, you know, I might fall in a completely different, different place. Uh, but that's how far to the right that they've went. And it's, uh, it's scary, uh, Somewhere or another, people didn't pay attention. They they continue to let them push it. They continue to to let the Republican Party get hijacked. They let Christianity get hijacked. They let them get mixed together. And going back to that word that some of you might not like, I hope you're having a better understanding, but they're going back to that MAGA gimmick. They're going back to that brand that they've created that, that, that they realize sells. And, you know, it's going to be very uh, interesting, and it's also going to be very scary as we move forward. Donald Trump is still looming. He's still not been indicted. No no charges have been brought against him. He's still just hovering there, and uh, that makes me nervous. But then you've got the likes of Marjorie Taylor Greene. I know I've mentioned her several times, and in some ways I really feel that she's worse than Donald Trump because uh, I don't think that woman has any empathy. I don't think she has any compassion at all for anyone. Um, I think she truly does believe what she says. But again, I think the reason she doubles down on her rhetoric is because she realizes she has to keep raising the bar. She has to keep getting more and more outrageous in order to keep her voters coming back. Because going back to the wrestling analogy, you know, uh, talking about who would want to see her just hold a person in an arm bar for 10 minutes. Uh, I can't imagine some of the people who I hear spouting MAGA views suddenly be interested in having a healthy debate with a Democrat because the word Democrat liberal and progressive has been demonized so much by the right that do you think there'll ever come a day when they will want to sit down and have a healthy debate and compromise? I mean, can you see these people ever having any, uh, compromising moment? And Another comment I got on TikTok the other day was someone said, you know, you need to, people always says this, I, 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 it's one of my pet peeves. It's when someone comments on my stuff and goes, wow, that was start off with wow. It's like they're shocked. Like they're absolutely amazed that I could have this viewpoint. Wow, can't believe you think like you do. You really need to look at it. You really need to take a look. You need to look at the Democratic Party. You need to take a look at the liberals and the hate that's coming from them. And I'm thinking, hate coming from them. Well, you know, um, the band that I play in is open-minded liberal people. Uh, the studio I record at is I'm surrounded by friends that run that studio that are open-minded, liberal, progressive people. Uh, and they're some of the most loving, caring, compassionate uh, people that I know. The only thing that they're doing is they're shouting down hatred. They're shouting down injustice. They're shouting down inequality. They're shouting down politicians like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and Donald Trump and Curry Lake and all these people. They're shouting that Sarah Palin style down. So if you're supporting Sarah Palin and you feel there's hate coming from our side, it's not that we're hating you as a human being. We're hating on the ideologies that it is you're supporting. And you're supporting, you know, I'm not saying that you necessarily are a racist person, but you're supporting racist people. 
I'm not necessarily saying that you are a treasonous traitor, but you're supporting a treasonous traitor. And that's why that, you know, I, I might've mentioned this on the podcast before, but you know, when I saw Bill Maher interviewing Kid Rock and he's like, Hey, you know, uh, we can be friends. We can still be friends. We can disagree. We can, uh, me and Kid Rock can disagree on politics and, and we can still be friends when this is over. No problem. Okay, cool, Bill. You can be, but uh, you're friends with a guy who is supporting a treasonous traitor. You're friends with a guy who is supporting uh, someone who has who has openly used racism, who has openly degraded women, who's openly broke every rule in the book, uh, and who would have no problem installing him as dictator and leaving your ass out in the cold. Um, so if anyone hears what I'm saying now and says, well, boy, there's hate coming off you. I'm not hating you for your, for the way you live your life. I'm not hating your lifestyle. I'm not hating, you know, those things. I'm hating the ideology that it is you're preaching. And that's what I'm preaching against. You know, that's what I'm standing in opposition of. If you think that me challenging your ideas is hatred, then you don't understand the definition of hatred. The hatred is the people you're supporting. The hatred is the people that you're getting behind. The hatred is the outdated flags that you're waving. You know, the shirt I'm wearing right now is older than the Confederacy. I bought this shirt back in 2015. This shirt's eight years old. The Confederacy didn't last that long. That's not your heritage. That's, that's, that's not what you was brought up on. That's a stain on American history. That's a dead man's baggage and you're still carrying it around. And, you know, but, but people will hear that and they interpret that as hate. They interpret Colin Kaepernick taking a knee as hate, like he hates us. No, he's raising awareness on an issue. If you would just listen and pay attention, you know, that, that that's how I look at it. You know, I'm the type of person that I can tell you what I would have did had I been a football coach or a football player or whatever the case may be. The first time that I saw a quarterback not standing for the national anthem and then later taking a knee or whatever it was they were doing, my first question would be, why? Like, What's going on? Like, you know, I'm I'm the father of five kids. I got a grandson. I got for those of you that I know a lot of you is gonna be like, What what have you got? Well, okay. <laughs> I have four boys. Uh Dylan is twenty two, uh Bryson is sixteen, Emmett is ten, and Oakley is four. And then I have a daughter, Kaylee, who is uh twenty, and uh have a grandson who's about to be two years old. And if we're having a party uh, here at the house, birthday party, get-together, whatever, Christmas, Thanksgiving, whatever, you name it. If we're having some sort of get-together, and I look over and see Emmett sitting there not eating, the first thing I say is, what's wrong? Why ain't you eating? I don't, tell, I, don't, I don't scream in his face, you hate this family, you little son of a bitch, you hate us all. You're, you're, you're a traitor. You're not even one of us. Get out. You, you don't even belong in this family. I'm ashamed of you. I, we don't, I don't do that. The reasonable thing to do is say, hey, what's the problem? Like, why aren't you eating? Why aren't you participating with the rest of us? That's just, that's just how simple that was to me. <laughs> you can debate it all day long. It was just that simple. But um, here we are, you know, uh, and, you know, and more heartbreaking stories released every day. And instead of people coming together to fix the problem, it's just more of the same rhetoric just screaming at one another with no real ideas or no solutions. And it all goes back to what I said at the start. This is their shtick. This is the, this is the style of politics they're, they're choosing to play. You're never going to be able to show a MAGA Republican 
the Tyree Nichols body cam video and have them have any empathy for that. They're not going to because they're listening to people who have zero empathy. They're listening to people who are pushing this hatred and division. So all they're going to do is just look at that and say, well, see there, that was, that was black police officers on a black guy. Uh, what about Ashley Babbitt? And nothing you say is ever going to get through to them because if you say, well, you know, Ashley Babbitt was a domestic terrorist who was assaulting our nation's capital, they're never going to see it that way because they've got people in their camp supporting that. We're over here on the other side going, man, can you believe they're supporting domestic terrorists? And they're over there saying the same thing about us in reverse, but the difference is, you know, George Floyd went in and uh, spent a, a counterfeit $20 bill and lost his life for it. Ashley Babbitt was a domestic terrorist. It's night and day, it's apples and oranges. And yet somehow, MAGA Republicans have spun it to make heroes out of Ashley Babbitt. Um, so, and heroes out of the Richard Barnett guy that uh, that put his feet on Pelosi's desk. Like, this poor man, he, he did this. He was just pushed in there. He just fell as he went in. And, you know, it's ridiculous the stuff that's said about that guy. <coughs> but, folks, when I say, <coughs> excuse me, I'm still trying to get over all the sickness I've had for the last couple of months. But when I say that um, that MAGA is a gimmick or MAGA is a brand, I'm in no way giving them a pass. They're every bit as evil. They're every bit as sickening. And uh, I don't support them in no way, and uh, I don't think anyone should. But uh, just wanted to talk about that today, and hope you guys have enjoyed this episode, and I hope to be back with you sooner uh, with some more content. Uh, like I said at the start of the show, go check out my link tree in the bio on TikTok, and from there you can find out all the stuff that it is I'm doing on social media. I'll have more podcasts and videos and content coming your way. But until next time, I'm Tennessee Brando, and this has been If These Hills Could Talk. <laughs>